Very special day on Locked On. Very exciting day talking to Najee Thompson of the Minnesota Vikings about his chances to make the roster. Let's get into it. It's Locked On Vikings podcast. You like that? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day, each and every day. And a special shout out to my hashtag, Everydayers. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can even watch it on YouTube or on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Uh, today is a really cool one. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so I managed to sit down for uh, upwards of 20 minutes with Najee Thompson, who the Vikings signed just after the draft out of Georgia Southern. He's listed as a cornerback, as you'll find out. I think he's here for more of a special teams reason. But we had a conversation that I was like super, super jazzed about. And honestly, when I like set up the interview, I was ready to sit on it for a while and really kind of drop it when um, things were a little quieter. But I can't wait. It, it, I'm so jazzed to share this with you guys. Um, I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer and talk about a couple things that broke in the world of Vikings news that I usually wouldn't give the time of day to, but eh, we got a minute. So uh, the Vikings signed their first draft pick. Jaquelin Roy signed his contract. Not really an, a newsworthy item. Uh, those contracts are, to the degree that we're going to care about it, pre-negotiated. Uh, there's little bits and pieces here, offset language and stuff that they do negotiate. And sometimes it takes a rookie contract a little longer to get signed because, you know, the two sides will be kind of staring at each other over little stuff. But at the end of the day, it always gets signed and it's always just the little stuff. So I'm not going to keep you updated on every single rookie that signs their rookie contract. They also have um, like insurance policies and stuff and certain, uh, certain provisions that will prevent like if a rookie like gets injured at, at rookie mini camp or at OTAs or something like that um, before they sign their deal, like they're protected against that and stuff. So it's truly like whether or not they have signed their deal is never a problem until it starts leading to them like missing camp, uh, which I don't know when the last time I could even think of an example of that happening, like Roquan Smith, I guess would be the last one I can think of. I don't know. Sound off if you remember one more recent than that. Um, so there's that. And then there's also, there's a rumor going around or it was not a, it's a report from Tom Pelissero, um, that he gave on NFL network. I believe that the Vikings were interested at one point in Bryce young and tried to trade up to one for him. Sounds to me, uh, just the way that that information was presented. Like that was something a little earlier in the draft process that, uh, once the Panthers traded up to one and it became clear that he, that Bryce young was going to go number one, the Vikings of course kind of gave up on that. Um, it's a lot of people are talking about it. I don't know how much there really is to say about that. Like, yeah, who didn't like Bryce Young? He's a really sweet quarterback. Like he rocks. He went one overall. I'm, I'm sure all 32 teams made that call or they probably should have. Right. Uh, just to see what the price is, just to gather information. Even if you're, you're the chiefs and you're happy, you should probably know. Right. Uh, well, like what it would cost to, for, for 
a team to move up just to give yourself that much better of a sense of like what it's like to navigate the draft board, right? That's useful information. So that call shouldn't be surprising. And the fact that the Vikings, you know, they were really into um, trading up to three as well. I mean, that got reported a lot throughout the draft uh, from a, a lot of different places had that. Uh, and I don't think it was the same report getting reported a whole bunch of times. So they were really into trading up for a quarterback. Didn't happen. Them's the breaks. Um, and we'll see just how aggressive they are next year. Uh, and how aggressive they have to be next year has a lot to do with how they do and stuff. So, um, you know, something to keep an eye on, but yeah, the Vikings liked, uh, very obviously good quarterback prospect. There's your news. Uh, <laughs> So uh, let's talk about or let's let's get into this uh, interview enough dilly dallying. All right. Uh, This is the interview with Najee Thompson. All right, everybody. Very excited because I'm here with a Viking, a real one. It's Najee Thompson. Uh, He's an undrafted cornerback that uh, just joined the team. Very excited to get to know you. Um, So let's start from the very beginning. How'd you get into football? Some people are there from birth. They picked up a football when they were two years old. Some people didn't even discover the sport till sophomore year. How'd you actually get into the sport? Um, growing up as a kid, I mean, I always had so much energy, you know, and I was really like, I mean, I was a bad kid at that point. So around, I was like around six, seven-ish, um, I decided to get into, you know, organize, organized football. And, you know, I got onto the field and I've always been fast my whole life. So, you know, at a young age, just picking up, I picked the football up and I just would run. And that was just a way of, you know, mama letting me get my energy out was just playing football. And so um, over the course of over the course of years, it that's all I was doing, basically just, you know, getting energy. I never really got dug down, try to learn the game or anything. I just picked the football up and I'd run and it it win games. <laughs> that's how a lot of it starts where you're just kind of just kind of balling oh yeah so how'd you end up at uh georgia southern um so i ended up georgia southern um so through my recruiting process i end up having like western carolina um a lot of you know smaller schools was uh, talking to me and so how i ended up at georgia southern was i came to a camp i never been a, i never was a camp guy uh, I personally never believed in camps because I was like, you know, I don't have pads on or anything. Kids can run freely. But I decided to come to, you know, Georgia Southern camp and still remember to this day, uh, Coach, oh, he was a safeties coach, uh, Olton Downs. Uh, his son just got drafted to the, the Colts, um, Josh Downs from North Carolina. He was a safeties coach here. And so I came down to the camp and a kid ran a car out on the 50-yard line and uh, I picked it off. And so, you know, after the camp, they brought me to the office and they gave me an offer. And I felt I felt at home. I felt at home here. Uh, you know, there was a guy, sideline, very familiar name here, um, Joshua Moon. Um, you know, he was it was great hospitality. Um, you know, my host at the time was uh, when I finally got the official visit and everything was a shot bird. And so, I mean, just feeling at home in Statesboro, Georgia, um, they hail Southern like I'll, that's I'll always live that. Uh, till the day I till the day I die, like I love Statesboro, and so um, once they gave me that offer, I I loved it, and I would I was like I'm not going anywhere else, and so I ended up committing um, around July, I believe it was, it was close to my birthday, so I ended up uh, committing, and 
and I would never decommit or anything like that. It's like my loyalty is my loyalty. You know, any team that takes a chance on me, uh, any person that takes a chance on me, that's that's what I'm locked in for life. Back with Najee Thompson in just a little bit. But first, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, which is Built Bar. Built Bar is uh, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Been super clutch for me. Uh, this spring, I've been trying to be a little bit more serious about taking better care of myself and, and watching what I eat a little bit better. But man, those chocolatey late night cravings, I'm weak. I'm a man of little will. And Built Bar is absolutely perfect for scratching that itch, hitting that spot, uh, but it won't throw your whole day off. It's only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. This is a protein bar, but don't tell your taste buds that because it's all covered in 100% chocolate and comes in absolutely uh, silly flavors. I have uh, the cookies and cream and uh, cookie dough puff ones. They also have all kinds of flavors, like the classics, like uh, chocolate caramel or brownie batter puff or coconut puff and a regular coconut one. Um, there's also specialty flavors at built.com. Just go to built.com. And sometimes there's like a limited edition, completely insane one that you maybe can get your hands on. So check back periodically. Or if you don't want to wait for delivery at all, you can actually go down to Walmart or Sam's Club and get your hands on some built bar that way. But built.com is still there if you'd rather have it delivered directly to your door. Once again, that is built.com. Thank me later. That's super awesome. Um, so talking on field a little bit, you blocked a couple of kicks. Yeah. That oh, yeah. Um, maybe is a thing you have a knack for. So give me, give me some advice for a young player that maybe wants, you know, because special teams, that's the way you kind of get in the door. A lot of the times, uh, give me some advice for young players that want to be good at blocking kicks. For me, you watch film. Um, a lot of, What's funny is the coaches might know exactly who you are. Um, obviously, over my course of my career, they knew who I was, everything. But what you know about football is there's always kids out there that don't like watching film. They don't you know, want to respect their opponents, maybe because they think their coach hypes them up too much. So my thing is everybody has some type of technique that they do regardless on anything. So with, you know, with football, blocking kicks in college and everything, for me, it was learning what each side, what each side uh, does each guy do. What are they, what are their tendencies? You know, does that punter line up on this hash when he's blocking out? Do they block down? Do they block out? You know, when they block out, is there a gap between when they're blocking out? So for me, you know, the knack for blocking punts was, you know, what in-game adjustment can you make? Because at the end of the day, they have the same amount of time, if not longer, sometimes they come about to prepare for you. So the thing is, go back and watch, you know, their select plays of when they're punting this way, when they're on this hash, what do they like to do? Um, for me, the knack is, you know, watching film. Um, and what uh, it's funny is the three, I suppose, so I supposed to have, you know, uh, another block punt added to my career and a whole lot of more, actually. Once we go, if you ever watch that film, I'm supposed to have countless number. Um, but I had to learn how to be coachable throughout my career. Um, it was football's a game of inches, and I would always line up an inch too wide. And that's just how Coach Coach Cunningham, you know, he always would get on me, uh, got on me so much. And it was just I ended up having to learn to be coachable and actually understand the film and actually what he was talking about. And so the knack is, you know, when you go in there, don't never close your eyes, you know. Don't ever close your eyes because you're going to miss so many. And I, I missed a lot of block kicks, a lot of them, because your speed on the end, they can't block you at the end of the day. They can't do it. 
That's such a, a hard thing to do, even at the college level, too, because there's so many resources going against you. Everything the whole team is doing is trying to prevent you from doing that. So that's super cool, man. Um, you you kind of answered this, but maybe there's another one. I, I love asking. Uh, I, I love asking this of everybody, but especially when I get to talk to players, tell me something that you got better at recently. Uh, it can be on field, off field. I don't care, but so, something you improved at that you feel like I, you're better at than you were. Last playing year, corner. Right? playing corner, playing by corner far, by, by far. Um, I made the transition because uh, coach uh, Lonsford, uh, he's a special teams coach and assistant, assistant head coach uh, at FAU now. Um, you know, I, I was playing receiver, um, everything, and uh, we played, we ran triple option at Georgia Southern, what they're known for. Um, and I mean, it wasn't working out for me. And so, like, I knew I could play receiver. I have the speed. I have the ball skills. I have the jumping ability. And I can track the ball really well. I was always used to making plays um, on that side of the ball. And so I made a chance of, you know, I was like, I'm going to go just straight special teams. Like, I'm done playing offense or defense. I'm just straight special teams. Um, and so I transitioned a corner. And my first week out there, you know, a god uh, – he got commotion me and just came over my head, and I wasn't used to it. I was like, I'm not used to being on this side of the ball. Like, what's happening? You know, plays are being made against me right now. And so, um, throughout this whole process, like, I'm going into I'm going into the season, uh, no technique. You know, I'm just going out there to play. I'm going to find the best receiver on each team, and that's what I'm going with. I mean, where I, it's hard to you know. Uh, transition into the season where I'm just it's every week we got to roll and practice every day. Um, but I can say definitely I've got way better at corner, um, even just off reps. Um, and then training this off season, uh, coach Pope down in Atlanta, you know, uh, they have a thing called grind, grind Atlanta, um, working with him every night, uh, late nights, you know, transition. And we, and for me, it was, we're not stopping until we get it correct. I mean, it's, it wasn't always beautiful. You know, it was a process through the whole couple months I was training. It wasn't always beautiful. And the thing was, I know I got better at corner. I know that I can line up man to man and I can put the best of the best regardless. And obviously, it's, it's I'm still transitioning. I'm still learning it, obviously. But I know what I have learned this far in my career and just off the last year of reps that I have I have lined up against the best of the best receivers. I have guarded them. No, you don't win every rep at corner. But the thing is that corner, can you win more than you lose? And can you have a short-term memory of when you lose that rep? Can you go back and erase that play and go make the next? And that's one thing I learned and I know I got better as eliminating the bad plays, going to make the next play, and don't let the bad plays affect future or even the rest of the game. It's short-term memory is what they really call it. And I yeah, have that. The one. Ted Lasso goldfish thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, along a similar line, as you continue to to learn the cornerback position, um, what what's something that you are working on right now that you're trying to get better at? Uh, for me, um, I look I just look forward to learning from veterans. You know, what what do they see, you know, that's helped them progress over the years as because as far as corner goes. You can have all the technique in the world, and it's amazing to be a technician. You know, Jalen Ramsey is one of the best corners in the league, you know, and that's just how it is. But 
at the end of the day, at corner, you can have the best technique. But at the end of the day, football is football. It's going to rely on can you make that play? I've been around a lot of technicians, and I know technicians are great. But, you know, if they don't have that ball skill and everything like that, you you end up losing a lot of those reps. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, may not respect Jalen Ramsey at this point um, because, you know, they say my last year might have been one of his down years and everything, you know, facing, you know, these receivers and everything. Cause the receivers are great. You know, that it's corners, the hardest position. So the thing is um, what I'm learning is, you know, how, how do they watch film? You know, what's I'm taking notes. How, how do they watch film? You know, what are some, what are some practice habits that y'all have that, you know, help you move further in your career? You know, what's kept you at corner? You know, as long as you have what's able to make these plays. And it's just it's just a lot of small stuff I'm really learning. It's more off the field stuff than really it is on the field. Um, because I'm a, I, I'm a man-to-man corner. Man-to-man is your eyes on this man. And so, you know, the thing is, is like at the line stuff. What are you doing at the line? What's your rhythm going up to the line? Because corner is a mental game. If you win the mental part of it, you can win the football part of it. Uh, and not and not all the time is it just you know the football aspect. When you see a corners get beat, a lot of times it really comes down to their mental, because you know corners mm-hmm. are always positioned more than likely, but it's just like they can't finish it. So my thing is you know finishing plays. You know how do we, what are you what are you studying here? You know how how are you note taking? What's your process? Is it's a lot of small things for me that I need to, that I want to get better at so I can learn the game and pick it up faster. You know, what type of questions that do you ask to, you know, help it process in your brain easier and quicker? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm learning from you. Um, I'm going to steal one now from, I don't know if you're familiar with Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah over at NFL Network, but when they they love to have their three H's, uh, a highlight, a hardship, and a hero. So I want to start with you. I want you to tell me about a highlight of yours that you're really proud of. I'm the most thing I'm most proud of is being um, an all American for special teams. I'm, I pride that to anything. I love that the most. Um, a lot of people don't understand being all American and not being a kicker or a punter or a long snapper and me able to get a special teams. They don't understand how hard that is. I, that comes from years of, dirty work from some people don't understand some games. I really might get 10 snaps that game and that's it. And, and I might total up 137 snaps or 150 snaps for the season. Some people get that in a single game. And that's what I'm proud of is by far being a special model America. I, I pride special teams. Like I love it. I love special teams from the bottom of my heart. I discovered exactly what it was. It wasn't just kick return, punt return. It was a whole lot more to it. Um, and it's like when you yeah. see all these turns make ha- all these kick returns happen. Only reason those kick returns happen is because the other ten guys on the field love that guy back there and they respect him and they want to protect him. When you see guys that's getting killed back there, those other ten guys up there, there might be just one that don't respect him, so they're like, ah, I'm gonna let my guy go by. But for me, is Special teams change the game that doesn't go into the stat books by far. That special teams play is field position. Field position makes up 
the game of football, no matter how you do it. For sure. And that that's the one thing for me. If we go look in the Super Bowl, the punt return changed that game, believe it or not. That punt return changed that whole game. Yeah. It killed the, killed the momentum from one team and it helped another team. And that people don't really think about that one play. Maybe he's not like a big time player, but guess what? He just changed all the field position, took more time, gave more time in the back end for the team, gave them points automatically because he was in field goal range. They went and scored on that drive. So you you really gave them seven anyways. So that's for special teams, is that's my highlight is regardless, special teams, hands down. That's so awesome. Uh, there's definitely some people in that Vikings building that are going to love that kind of attitude. And I'm sure they already know that they're going to. Um, so next up is a hardship. And it you know, goes deep as you're comfortable, but can be anything from something you've overcome in life, an injury, uh, a game that wasn't going your way, a story about that maybe, something you've overcome. The one thing I, um, I think hard, one thing I overcome was, you know, growing, growing up, I never really had my dad. And, you know, I see a lot of people nowadays, like they don't have the dad in their life and they, they use that with them. But um, I was very fortunate to still have a stepdad. And I, I really call him my dad. Um, his name is Frank Hines. He ended up passing away uh, two years ago. And um, I'm sorry that. Here, when he died, you know, it was hard for me to get back and forth to, you know, um, South Carolina, you know, doing college football because college football takes up all your time. It's year round. Um, and when that happened, it was it was really hard to believe that it happened um, and everything. And it was hard to take in while also trying to play the game of football, um, because at the end of the day, life's limited opportunities. Football is limited opportunities. Um, and that's just that's just how it rolls. And so, you know, having him die and then, you know, having a game within that weekend it was tough but the thing is your loved ones are always gonna have a desire for you and a dream for you and what they want you to do no matter what and so for him you know he seen me growing up playing football um he had a nickname of he used to call me roundhead all the time that's what he always called me <laughs> and so you know, all i can always hear is, you know go roundhead go go you know and just 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 his screams in the background, I can still picture to this day because um, I recently uh, just came back from South Carolina. I went to church, and, and it was hard even going into church because I can still picture him sitting um, in those seats where I sat all my life. And so that, that's one of the hardships I have. Um, like, I, I have a picture of his headstone now. Um, I have a picture of his casket when he was going to the ground. So that, I mean, that's one thing that's gonna, it's always going to fuel me no matter what is like, I, the love I have for that man is, it is unbelievable. Like, um, throughout my career, uh, you know, him and mom ended up having a divorce and we wasn't as close because I was going through college football and everything. Obviously he was going on with his life, but we still talked, um, when we could everything. Um, but yeah, that was a hardship was, you know, him passing away. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's uh, sounded like a, a truly great man. Um, so I, I guess the the next H would be a, a hero. Would that be your answer for for who your hero is? Um, he he is my hero, but ultimately throughout my entire process, my mom hands down is my hero. My mom has fought for me so much to get me to this spot that I am now. That is just unbelievable. Um, 
<laughs> one thing that you will learn, and I know a lot of people are um, mama's boys, but ultimately my mom is my number one fan. There's, there's nothing that you can do or say about me that I can almost guarantee you that my mom is going to be there to support me or to back me up no matter what she will drop anything any time of point and if i need her she's going to be there regardless my mom is my number one fan she will fight till she is blue in the face that's so awesome um what one last one and then I'll, i'll let you go i've already taken up much too much of your time uh it it may be a deeper question but what are you doing this for? You know, some guys do it for their own confidence, their glory. Some people just love the game a lot. Some people have a, you know, a kid they're fighting for or something. What is it that gets you out of bed in the morning at, at 4 a.m. to go, you know, do two a days in college or whatever? Uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What are you doing this for? For me, I love the game of football. Like, I, like it's like, for me, I live this game. There's, I've played this game all my life. This is all I know. This, I, lo- I know only football. Um, and if I had to be honest, if I didn't have football, I don't know where I would be in life. I really don't, but I, I do this because I live the game. Like I love it, live it, everything. This is, this is my life. And, but if I pick something, I do it for my mom. I've, I've grown up poor. I have been down at the bottom. I, I understand what they say, getting out the mud. I have lived that. I know what that is. I know what it feels like. So I do it for my mom. I I want to be able to give my mom a life that she's never lived, what she's never experienced, take her to places, have her travel, watch play, watch me play games at places she's never been. Um, she's always been a hardworking woman, always, all her life. And so it's time for that to stop, for her to live her life. She's still young. So I want her to go, you know, enjoy her life, have a smile on her face every day to where she doesn't have to worry about you know, oh, I do this job. I got to pay this bill. I don't want her to do that anymore. So while I wake up and we'll go two days, three days, 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. is because I can do it for her. She did it for me when I was a kid. Um, so why can't I do it for her? And, you know, I want to go 10 times harder. You know, I will do anything it takes, go through any injury it takes to continue to play this game. Like I'll, I will lay down any and everything I have just so I can make her a successful woman and make her have a smile on her uh, face. And I know she's proud of me regardless. Um, I can say if I stop playing football today, she's proud of what I, what was, what I've did. But at the end of the day, like I love and live this game. I couldn't, I can't get football. I, it's, <laughs> it's something I don't even think about process. Cause everybody asks you, you know, what happens? If you have an injury. I don't even I don't even go through that process. I don't even think of that question. Um, I hate even being asked that question because it's like, I don't know. I I don't know. I, this is all I figured out, I, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out some way. I, this is all I have in my life. This is what I did my entire life. This is what I know. And so, like, football, football is a game. Football is really a game of something that doesn't love you back. You can put all your love into it, but it's a gainer. It won't love you back. You can show all your love to it. So the thing is, is you have to respect the game and, you know, live the game to the best that you can. 
it's hard to it's hard to go and live and love something that doesn't love you back. Um, it's just like if you have a girl in your life, you're not going to put all into that girl and she don't love you back. You're not going to be with her. But football is totally different. You're no matter how much it doesn't love you back, you find the love for it that you can't become unattached to it. And that that's that's the point I'm at. Like I'm I'm attached to this game. I love this game. And you know the Vikings taking the chance. And I like I said, a lot of people say they got this, people got steals of the draft and everything. I was watching that draft. Not once am I looking at it and like, oh man, this guy was a you know crazy special teams player. Nah, I know <laughs> what I bring special teams, I, and I the passion I bring with it. I I can't wait to to get on that field and go make the fifty three man roster. You know, playing special teams and then developing that corner and you know working my way up the corner depth. Like all of it's just gonna play in together, and that's what's fueling me. Like I hate this waiting process right now. These last couple months sucked, and then even from here till when I report sucks. I hate it. I, I can't wait to go, and like it's- I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace the moment, and you know because I've never been in the NFL stadium. I'm gonna embrace the moment. Yeah. Um, and after that, it's to work. Like, starstruck, okay, I, that, that's going to happen. You know, cool, that, that's this guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to put his practice pants on, his cleats on the same exact way that I'm going to. Um, we're under the same organization now. Um, we're both under contract. Even though, yeah, they get paid more, cool, guess what? I'm going to go earn mine. So that's what that's how I look at this right now. It's an opportunity. It's a job. It's a business. And it's a challenge. And like I say, we're we're gonna put our pants on the same way. His doesn't appear on a different way than mine will. So like I say, I'm I'm just ready for the opportunity. That's so sick. I, I don't know how familiar you are with like Vikings history and some of the guys that have come through this organization on special teams, but uh if you ask any Vikings fan about Marcus Sherrill's, I'm sure you're familiar, he made this team like 10 years running, almost never got in at cornerback. And uh, we also had Heath Farwell, who I think he's special teams coordinator for the Steelers now. Um, never got in from scrimmage at all, but was a total special teams ace. And that's just become his life. So there's there's a path there, man. I'm rooting for you so hard. I can't wait to see you get out there and show everybody what you can do. Thank you so much for uh, coming by and, and giving me so much of your time and telling me your story, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. No problem. Appreciate everything. Hey, take care, buddy. Yes, sir. You too. I'm rooting so hard for Najee, man. <laughs> I I am so, I don't know. I'm inspired, I guess, by having that conversation. Just there's something infectious about that energy. I don't know if you felt it too, or maybe it was just being in the conversation with him, but that was a really cool thing. And I'm so glad that I got to uh, bring it to you guys. I'm definitely going to be watching Najee. Uh, I don't know what number he's going to wear uh, off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll definitely be watching him on the uh, on the, the punt drills and the, the kick blocking drills in particular, the field goal drills and stuff in particular. Uh, tomorrow, I'm hoping to get... I kind of want to do some film stuff. We've done a, little, a lot of story time this week, so um, maybe I'll, I'll talk about the Makai Blackman take that I have in a little bit more nuance or something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how I'm feeling. Uh, I've been a little under the weather this week, so we'll see what kind of energy level I have. Uh, but whatever it is, there will be a show. So come on down tomorrow morning, and we will talk some more Vikings. I'll see you all for that, and as always, Skull. <laughs>